I'm Chad Robertson. I want to welcome you today to Awaken to Grace because we are in part two of a sermon called The King Who Made a Bad Choice. Friends, we're studying today the life of King Jehoshaphat. We're in a broader series on the kings of the Old Testament, namely the kings of the house of Judah. And what a fascinating study it is through Second Chronicles. If you've missed any of this series, go back on my free mobile app, Awakened to Grace. You can hear every sermon of this series along with many, many others. Speaking of our app. You know, the Lord has placed us on so many platforms, just like the one you're listening to right now. And as we develop more and more platforms, friends, the Lord is enabling us to preach this glorious gospel to today's culture, to this generation. And you know why it happens? It happens, well, number one, because God is faithful. God helps us. But do you know how God shows his faithfulness? Through people just like you who listen, those who are growing through the ministry of Awaken to Grace. I want to invite you today to go to my website and check out Grace Givers. When people like you decide to come along beside us, to partner with us, and you stand shoulder to shoulder with us, well, you know what, friends? That's when we side by side, share the gospel as far and wide as what we can. I want to invite you today, become a grace giver. Go to awakenedtograce.com and help us proclaim this gospel everywhere that we can. Let's go to God's word together today, Second Chronicles, as we look at the life of King Jehoshaphat. It says, beware, lest you fall from your own steadfastness. It intrigues me that it doesn't say, beware, lest you fall into adultery. Beware, lest you fall into lying. Beware, lest you fall into theft. Beware, unless you fall into name whatever sin. No, where does it really begin? It begins when you fall from your own steadfastness. It begins when you start loosening up a little bit and you let this slide and you let that slide and this is no big deal and that's no big deal. How did Jehoshaphat start out so well that the Lord was with him? His heart was courageous in all the ways of the Lord. He sought the Lord and not Baal and now he's made an alliance with those who worship Baal the hardest. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens. He failed from his own steadfastness. And if you are not careful, if you are not watchful, if you are not shepherding your marriage, and you are not shepherding your children, and you're not shepherding your home, where will your home be in 10 years? Be watchful. Be careful. Perhaps you've made mistakes in the past. Let me tell you, Jehoshaphat is a beacon of light to us. And let me tell you, it is not too late to, begun, to once again become courageous in the Lord. Amen? It is not too late to set your house in order. It's not too late to begin to go back to the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from you. Can you say amen? amen. He stands as a warning to us. So verse number three, I want you to watch what happens. Years later, 
He failed from his own steadfastness. And years later, Ahab, he goes up to see Ahab. He had no business being there. No business being there. None whatsoever. And he goes up to Ahab, and Ahab says, I'm going to go to war, and I want you to go with me. And do you know what Jehoshaphat does? He has such a desire for unity. He has such a desire to bring the kingdoms together. You know what he says? He says, I am as you are. And my people is your people. Friends, that's just simply not true. That is a false statement. Judah was not Israel. The Lord had rejected Israel. The Lord had rejected that lineage, that kingdom, that, the, the line of kings. The Lord had rejected their idolatry. The Lord rejected them, and he accepted Judah. Let me tell you something. You better not yoke yourself to what the Lord has rejected. And he thought it was okay. But Jehoshaphat had enough spiritual sense about him that in verse 4, look what he says. This is fascinating. He tells this wicked man, oh, I can't tell you how wicked Ahab was. And Jehoshaphat says, are there not prophets up here that we can inquire of? Now remember, they didn't have the word of God. They weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. They relied solely on the word of prophets to guide them in the ways of the Lord. And so Jehoshaphat at least had enough spiritual sense that he goes, are there not prophets up here that can tell us what to do? And Ahab goes, yeah, I got prophets. Verse number five, he summons all of his prophets, 400 on the payroll of King Ahab. And all these prophets are going to prophesy exactly what he wants to hear. How many of you know we live in a day today, people have itching ears. Oh, they want to hear smooth things. Let me tell you, if you just want to build up your self-esteem. You're in the wrong church. You got the wrong pastor. I don't want to build up my self-esteem. I want to humble myself and I want to repent and I want to be right with God. Amen. Amen. My, I have no interest in filling up every chair and telling everybody about what a great life God will give you and how he'll uh, no, I'm not going to tell people what they want to hear. I'm going to say whatever thus saith the Lord. Right. Period. And here he had 400 men who were just going to prophesy whatever sounded good and going to make them sound good. And, but again, see, Jehoshaphat had enough spiritual sense about him. Jehoshaphat had been with the Lord. He knew the Lord. And in verse number 6, I want you to look at it. 400 prophets are prophesying, yeah, go, this is good. And Jehoshaphat goes, isn't there, isn't there one more prophet we can check with? <laughs> I, get a, I get a feeling that Jehoshaphat's like, yeah, these guys are on the payroll. This, this don't add up. I, I don't. And you would have thought that that would have been red flag after red flag after red flag. But no. And the king Ahab goes, yeah, I've got another prophet. His name is Micaiah. And he hates me. He always prophesies against me. It's a waste of time. And in verse 7, we're introduced to this prophet named Micaiah. They give him a warning. The messenger comes and says, listen, 400 prophets are saying they ought to go to battle. Here's a word to the wise. 
I'd just agree with him, and I would tell the king whatever he wanted to hear. Look at verse 13. Micaiah says, as the Lord lives, I will say whatever the Lord speaks. Boy, we need men like that today. Amen. You read on from verse 7 down to verse 22. He doesn't just tell the king what he wants to hear. He tells the king about a vision that he has. Very bizarre. Tells the king, all these prophets are lying to you. You go to war. The Lord has declared disaster against you. Then I want you to look at verse 23. Now, this is crazy. The prophet that told the king, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, you, you would just laugh if I tried to pronounce his name. You can, you can, you, you do it. And if you can do it, do it three times and I'll be quite impressed. He gives an analogy to the king, takes these horns and says, here, you're going you're gonna to push against the enemy. And Micaiah, the true prophet, comes and he goes, no, you go, it's going to be disaster. The Lord has declared disaster against you. That other prophet, this is some real Jerry Springer stuff. He comes, he comes up. Look at it. It's in verse 23. And he strikes Micaiah across the face and says, by which way did the Spirit of God come? <laughs> I don't know if you pick it up, but that's biblical insult. They had a boxing ring. Who knows what would have happened? And the king, Ahab, listen, this is, this is crazy. Looks at Micaiah and says, throw him in prison. Feed him meager rations. Only give him food and water until I return in peace. And you know what Micaiah does? That godly backbone he had. He tells the entire people. He says, listen up. He said, if this king comes home, then I did not speak of the Lord. Now, to me, this is where it gets very bizarre. Verse number 28. They haul Micaiah off to prison. And do you know what godly Jehoshaphat does? He goes, all right, let's go to war. What are you doing, Jehoshaphat? He watched all of this play out. Red flag after red flag, warning after warning. And he still did the most boneheaded thing he could have ever done. Oh, but it's going to get worse. That godless king Ahab, look what he says in verse 29. Now say amen if you're with me. Because this is hard to believe. Ahab tells this bonehead Jehoshaphat. Listen to what he tells him. When we go to war, you wear your kingly robes. And I'm going to disguise myself as a warrior. Let me translate for you, Jehoshaphat. Let me put the biggest target on your back that I can put. Dum-dum. What is he thinking? Let me tell you what I think Jehoshaphat's thinking. And he may kick my shins when I get to heaven. I don't know. He said, man, you're hard on me. Jeez. Let me tell you what I think Jehoshaphat's thinking. Jehoshaphat may not have seen his father repent. But let me tell you what I think he did grow up hearing. His father, Asa, faced the Ethiopian army of one million men. Statistically, Judah should have never won that war. But do you know who fought on their behalf? 
God Almighty. And I think from a little child, I think Jehoshaphat grew up hearing stories about that war. I think when his father tucked him in at night, Jehoshaphat said, Dad, tell me one more time. Tell me about that war. And you know what I think? I think when Jehoshaphat had an opportunity to go to war, he didn't realize just how serious of a thing that it is. And may I give a word to some of you precious people today. Some of you do not realize how dangerous. Some of you do not realize how lethal spiritual warfare truly is. You're playing games spiritually. You're messing with things you have no business messing in. You're entertaining things you have no business entertaining. And you're out here swinging on monkey bars on the merry-go-round thinking that Satan is going to be okay with you. And friends, he's not. He's put a target on you and your family. And you better realize how serious of a thing that warfare is. I think Jehoshaphat went to war thinking, my dad did it and I can do it. I think he went to war thinking, God worked for him, God will work for me. And he took it for granted. He was no longer seeking the Lord. He was with the people of Baal. Would that describe your life today? Did you start out so well with the Lord? Did you start out so sensitive to Him? Did you start out loving your Bible and loving the things of God? Did you start out in godliness? Do you know what godliness is? Godliness is when you love godly things. And did some of you start out loving godly things, but now you look around and all that fills your life are things of the world? Are you in places you have no business being? Are you around people uh, making alliances, making friendships, making business deals, making partnerships, entertaining marriages that you have no business doing? Learn from Jehoshaphat's life. So they go to war. Now, what dum-dum didn't realize is that the Syrian army, in verse 30, here's what they say to each other. Don't worry about the army, great or small. Go after one thing. Anybody see what it is in the Bible? The king. Are you kidding me, Jehoshaphat? You couldn't see that coming a mile away? Oh, how many of you know we do dumb things sometimes, don't we? You know what the problem is with sheep? They're defenseless. They're dirty. Oh, sheep get filthy. And they're dumb. (laughs) They're dumb, dirty, and defenseless. That's the problem with sheep. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray, have we not? We do dumb things, don't we? We do things we regret. But this is what Jehoshaphat did. He gets out in the middle of the war... And oh, (laughs) Jehoshaphat, whose heart is courageous in all the ways of the Lord. Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord and not the gods of Baal. Jehoshaphat, who the Lord was with him. Jehoshaphat, who set up the teaching of the law throughout all of Judah. Jehoshaphat, who did so well, finds himself in the middle of the battle. And the army's ahead of him. And the army has flanked him. And now 
They're coming in from all sides. And guess who target number one is? Joseph. But I want you to look at verse 31. What does he do? Oh, thank God for this verse in the Bible. And Jehoshaphat cried out to the Lord, and the Lord helped him. The Lord rescued him. The Lord saved him. How many of you have been there in life before where you made dumb decisions? You got off the track. You got off in the weeds. You found yourself in deep sin. But you called upon the name of the Lord, and the Lord rescued you. And the Lord drew you out of that pit. He brought you out of the miry clay. He once again set your feet upon a rock. That's what the grace of God does. Amen. Amen. And today you may find yourself here and you may say, oh my gosh, I am Jehoshaphat. I've, I've, I've offended the Lord and I've moved away from the Lord. Let me tell you what to do. Cry out to the Lord today and he'll bring you back and he'll rescue you and he'll save you and he'll deal kindly with you. Verse 33. Now remember what the prophet said. The prophet said, Ahab, if you come back from this war, then I've not spoke of the Lord. And I want you to watch the sovereign hand of God orchestrating every event. Notice what it says. A random soldier. Oh, how many of you know nothing's random with the Lord? There are no coincidences with the Lord. Do you realize that the Lord from his holy throne never, never is shocked. The Lord never goes, oh. Oh. Thank God for it. Amen. And a random soldier took his arrow, shot that arrow. And guess where it landed? In a spot right between his armor. Most likely it severed an artery. And by the end of that battle, facing the Syrian army slumped over in his chariot, that wicked godless man Ahab breathed his last. Now go to chapter 19. And this is where I begin to conclude. Jehoshaphat was not as effective as what he could have been. Jehoshaphat made an alliance that he did not live to see the consequences of. But listen to what Jehoshaphat had the ability to do. He had the ability to receive the correction of the Lord. Chapter 19, verse 1, he gets back to Jerusalem safely, thank God. Because he made about the most bonehead decision he could have ever made in the heat of the battle. And a prophet comes to him named Jehu. Now it's interesting who Jehu is. Do you remember the prophet that prophesied to his father Asa? That because he would not rely on the Lord he'd have war from then on out? Well guess who Jehu is? He's the son of that same prophet. And what was... That prophet in chapter 16, I believe, with his father Asa, now Jehu, the prophet's son, is prophesying to Jehoshaphat, the son of Asa. Asa rejected the word of the Lord. But do you know what Jehoshaphat did? He received it. He repented. 
Friends, are you that sensitive to the Lord today? Can the Lord speak to you and you receive it? Can the Lord correct you and you receive it? Why don't you bow your heads today? Many people here today in many different situations. Some of you have made great mistakes. Let me tell you, my friend, the Lord can give beauty for ashes. Satan would tell you that God can't restore it. Yes, he can. Satan would tell you that God can't redeem. Yes, he can. And let me tell you the number one reason I know that. It's because no matter how wicked Judah became, God would not break his own covenant. And I don't care what mistakes you've made. I don't care how gross your sin has been. I don't care how how negligent perhaps you have been. Listen, God will not break his covenant with you. When we are faithless, God is faithful, the Bible says. So you don't listen to the lies of Satan. If you're trusting God to restore, if you're trusting God to redeem, if you're trusting God to rescue you, let me tell you, he makes beauty of ashes. And he'll do it in your family and he'll do it in your life. Some of you are in the heat of battle right now. You're, you're, in, the, you're, you're, you're in the place where you, you've already made poor decisions and now Satan is targeting you and <coughs> you don't know what to do. Let me tell you what to do, Jehoshaphat. Cry out to the Lord. Cry out to me. And he'll help you. He'll bring you back home safely like he did in chapter 19, verse 1. Some of you are in the throes of decisions. Some of you are in the end of 18 going into 19 chapter. you're, You're about to make disastrous decisions. Let me tell you, Jehoshaphat should be a beacon of light to you. Inquire of the Lord. Don't move without Him. Don't make decisions without Him. Inquire of Him. Is your heart courageous today? Are you courageous in all the ways of the Lord? Will you obey God when no one else in your life is? Students, as you go to school this year, as you face unbelievable pressure and temptation and godlessness and wickedness, is your heart courageous in the ways of God? Before you walk the halls of your school, You should do a check today. Is your heart courageous in the ways of God? Hmm. Let the Lord speak to you today. Because I tell you, my friends, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching a hard sermon today, but let me tell you why. God doesn't just want you happy right now. God wants you happy years from now. God wants to bless your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. He wants to help you to avoid mistakes that have consequences for generations to come. God 
listen, it's not just your happiness here. It's your happiness in heaven. It's your happiness throughout eternity. And God will help you make great decisions. He'll come alongside. He'll help you. He'll encourage you. The Lord will be with you. Oh, what a statement. The Lord was with Jehoshaphat. Oh, may God be with me. May God be with you. If you enjoy the daily broadcast of Awaken to Grace, then I want to invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can get our podcast wherever you get your favorite shows. Simply search Awaken to Grace Weekly Sermons.